and welcome to World Music Matters. We devote this week's show to the Ethiopian singer Hachalu Hundesa, who was tragically shot dead on the 29th of August in the capital Addis Ababa. Hundesa was from the Oromo ethnic group, that's the largest group in Ethiopia, but which has for many years been marginalised and repressed. He became one of the main voices of the Oromo people and the protest movement, which between 2015 and 2018 helped bring about a major shift in politics in Ethiopia, bringing down the former government and ushering in Prime Minister Abiy Ahmed, who is himself a Roma. This song, called Sija Junku, is from Hundessa's 2013 album, Wai Kimya. But it's when you watch Hundessa's live performances, like this one in Minnesota in 2016 with the Aromo diaspora, that you sense just how loved he was. It's almost impossible to think of anyone who has used the power of arts, the power of music, to push a transformative political agenda forward. That's Awol Alo, an Ethiopian law scholar and human rights activist based in the UK and who is also a Romo. He met Hundessa on several occasions, the last time in 2019 in Addis. I chatted to him about what Hundessa meant to the huge Romo community, some 50 million people worldwide, how he championed their cause through his music and why his shoes will be very hard to fill. His primary occupation was about the Oromo cause and the Oromo situation within the Ethiopian state. It's a very particular kind of situation. It's a, a form of marginalization that's subordinated and that excluded the majority in that country. And I think one of the things that makes it so complex, so painful, is the fact that it is a majority group, but subordinated economically, marginalized culturally, and repressed politically. And he was able to use his incredible imaginative power, his verbal invention, his poetic expression to very ably articulate and insightfully identify some of those issues. He was one of the most important voices in the Oromo protests that took place from 2015 to 2018 and ultimately forced the resignation of uh, the then Prime Minister and the appointment of the current Prime Minister. So from that point of view, he was basically the soundtrack of that revolution that brought that change.
soundtrack of the revolution began in 2015 with this song, Malan Jira, meaning What Existence is Mine. In the video that accompanies the song, we see young, attractive Oromo men and women dancing and laughing together on a farm under the sun. But as the film progresses, they leave the circle one by one until there's literally no one left. The song sent out a clear message to the government at the time, headed up by a prime minister who hailed from the minority Tigrayan ethnic group. The song is a critique of the government's policy of grabbing agricultural land from the Oromia regional state around the capital in an attempt to extend its limits. So that is essentially a song about the dispossession and, and the government's policy of land grab around the city of Addis Ababa. And what he really does in that song is to try to identify and expose this murderous intensity of the land grab, displacing uh, hundreds of thousands of farmers. And what that video shows is that the gradual displacement and eviction of young people who live there with their families one by one, and then ultimately becoming day laborers on their own land. And then in 2017, he released another song, which was also a very big hit, Jiha, meaning We Are Here. On that video, we can see Oromo people marching through the streets in great numbers wearing their traditional red, green and white costumes. What had changed between those two songs, Awal? So it's a, essentially a sequel for Malinjira. Uh, Malinjira was basically a lamentation of that deeper experience of vulnerability, of marginality that is faced uh, by the Urbo farmers around the city of Addis. In April of 2018, a new government came into being in Ethiopia, led by the current Prime Minister Abiy Ahmed. That was a moment of great hope and optimism for the Urbo people. It was a government led by an Oromo member of the ruling coalition. And that marked a very important, very significant change. So he actually released that song before Abiy's government came into power. But the message was that we have come so far. Things have changed so much on the ground. And this is a moment of hope. It's a moment of optimism for us. So what he was saying basically that we are here and we are a people, we have a voice, we can be heard, and there is a way forward for us. Hundessa wasn't 
a politician as such. He was a singer, clearly a protest singer. But to what extent has song and music always been central to the Oromo culture? Um, as a community that has been historically marginalized and subordinated and denied the opportunity to uh, receive modern education, Oromo art has always served as kind of the repository of Oromo experiences, Oromo history. You know, as I write in one of my pieces, which was inspired by Haj Alu's first hit song, that is Malinjira. If you really want to learn about the history of the Oromo, you go to these songs, uh, songs of resistance that have been sung by so many. Uh, Hajaru is just one of the latest. Uh, it is there and is in the reservoir of these songs that you actually find the kind of true and authentic experience of the Oromo people. It's not in the official archives. It's not in historiographies of the Ethiopian states. There's an Oromo folk tradition. Oh, absolutely. There's a solid Oromo folk tradition that at, at one level you used to conserve and preserve Oromo history and also uh, the artistic element of that has been used to mobilize people, to organize people, to uplift people, you know, and they go through decades of struggle. So Hachalu, um, you know, in some of his songs, essentially they draw on some of the kind of artistic tools and materials that already exist, particularly what we call the Gerasa. Gerar gerar nanje tume kae talelure Badi badi nanje tume kae kajelure Animalan gerar atano yada yelala Irri gerar enkufne hidak alitijira Irri gerar enkufne hidak ilintojira Irri gerar enkufne hidak karchalle jira karchalle amdojira in December 2017, Hundessa sent audiences alight with his Gerasa in the now mythic Millennium Concert in Addis. It was a benefits concert to raise funds for the rehabilitation of some 700,000 internally displaced Oromos. Gerasa, it's kind of a freestyle narration of certain experiences used to mobilize people to galvanize support for a particular cause and it works very well it's a very deeply intrinsic part of the Oromo culture and it kind of instigates action uh, very easily so some of his songs essentially tap into that very region deep reservoir of Oromo culture and that's i think partly why he has been extremely successful and here there is this uh, element of modernization of almost songs that he does. And that was extremely appealing to some of the uh, younger generation of Oromos. <laughs> Is it safe to say that he really brought together sometimes quite disparate Oromo peoples? Is that one of the things he achieved, would you say? Absolutely. And I think you know, most of the Oromo artists transcend the kind of political divide that exists within the Oromo public. We are a very large community of some 50 plus million people. So you obviously have various views. There are differences. But artists played such a powerful role in terms of bringing people together. And one of the things for which Ajaru is credited the most is 
preaching unity, crying for Oromo unity, and also very successfully bringing people together. Because, you know, whenever you have Oromo artists play somewhere, usually it's a political song. Everyone from all sorts of political persuasion go and participate in that event. And those events are usually, you know, sites of spiritual rejuvenation and also political inspiration. So in terms of building uh, Oromo unity, the role he played is immense. And I think that's why his laws have been such a painful experience for the Oromo people uh, that it is almost impossible right now to think of somebody who can actually fill his shoes. Hachalu Hundessa wasn't afraid to speak out, but was he aware of the risks he was taking? Do you think he knew that his life was in danger? Oh, absolutely. Uh, almost in a way that is prophetic. He spoke about the risk of being killed just about a week before he was killed. Journalists asked him, are you not afraid of speaking out? Because you have so many different type of actors in this country who might want to kill you. And he said, every day I walk in this city, I know that I walk alongside death. He said, what I am afraid of is a meaningless death, a death that has no purpose. Insofar as you have a clarity of purpose in terms of what you are doing, you pay the sacrifice for that. He said, I'm not afraid of that. The reason why I'm not afraid, he concluded by saying, is because I have that clarity of purpose in terms of what I want to achieve. In his short life, just 34 years, Hachalu Hundessa achieved so much. He gave his Oromo people a massive sense of pride and hope, and millions are now mourning his death. That's all we have time for today. My thanks to Awol Alu for his insight. If you enjoyed the programme, you could subscribe to World Music Matters wherever you get your podcasts, or you can listen again online on rfienglish.com. From me, Alison Hurd. Bye-bye. <laughs>